0: And welcome to the Outside Centre Fun Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is magic. It's something special. It's something new. It's a series of firsts. For the first time since 2014, Ben, mm-hmm. um, this is the first time we are not doing an out-and-out out, uh, Oscars prediction episode. And
1: okay. the reason
0: for that is my lethargy for the Oscars, and indeed uh, non-world cinema, is at an all-time high?
1: Oh, no. Don't say it ain't so. Come on. Come on, you've got this, Theo. Believe
0: it. I I cannot tell you how little I am interested. I I don't even know who's who's up for big picture. The only other thing I know about the Oscars that's going on at the moment is apparently there's some sort of controversy regarding Nomadland. Yes. Um, I don't really care for it. We're not going to talk about it. I'm not interested. And even the only reason that came up was because one one of the directors who we'll be talking about today is also up for Best Director. Mm. And uh, I'm kind of looking... I would prefer him to win that, uh, but I don't think it's going to happen because I think the director of Nomadland is going to probably win it. Oh, shit, there, there's a prediction. There's a the prediction. We're, we're right. Right. Anyway, right. That'll, that'll end there. But the reason, the reason that'll probably happen is because it might not win the best thing because of the controversy. But we're not going into any of that crap, and, I, and okay. I swear that's it. But anyway, this may be new to some of you that we've never done that before. We've been going since 2014, and we always do an Oscars prediction thing uh, through duress for the most point. But as I say, Ben, I'm just not interested, man. Sorry. Fair days. Fair days. Um, The other thing that's interesting, uh, this is far more interesting for us. uh, I'm not sure what it means for world cinema exactly. I don't think it means anything good. This is the first time since 2014 that all of the foreign language Oscar nominations, the key five, Mm -hmm. sometimes it was four, sometimes it was six. Um, We're at five at the moment. Um, All of them were available to watch and review for us at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason I think that is, is because some amendments that were made to the Foreign Language Oscar nomination procedure, I think they came in a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, whereby the only films that can actually get nominated for the final stages of this thing had to have been seen by every member of the Academy. Mm. And that means in a cinema in America or on a streaming platform available in America or at a film festival in America, I don't think there's going to be too many film festivals in America or streaming platforms in America or cinemas in America that are going to show anything from uh, Tanzania, Bangladesh,
1: Algeria. No, not so much.
0: This is what we've got. And I'm I'm actually really surprised that some of these actually did get streaming in America in some way because they're not from the most conventional countries, a couple of them. No, not at all. So that's always interesting to consider. These are absolutely not the best foreign language films of the year. In all probability, um these are ones that the all Academy have been able to watch uh, it, so it, we always have to bear that in mind then when we're actually reviewing these now
1: yeah there's a, I think there's a thematic spread as well they've they've've yeah. they've done a little bit of every theme and gone for every continent a little bit
0: oh that that's the thing I've noticed they, they've got to, you've got to have one Asia, one Africa, maybe yeah. a couple of Europe they, they actually have one for Europe and one for Scandinavia normally it's a separate thing. This time they've they've done that here with Denmark and Romania. So yeah, the, 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 I like the way the I do like the way they count Scandinavia as it, as its own continent. Yeah, uh, because they, they do make slightly better cinema than a lot of other places in Europe. So yeah. Um, so there we go. That's a little bit of the thing about why this is a special episode. So we're going to go straight to it. Exciting to have all five foreign language Oscar films ready to for review. And Ben, shall we? We'll obviously do all the reviews and then shall we then make some sort of a prediction for what we want to win and what we you know think will actually win this thing yes uh, taking place in a few days yeah. so we won't actually um do that during the review necessarily we'll save okay. it to the end okay um so each and every film on its merit representing mm-hmm. bosnia is uh the first of these foreign language oscar nominations for the oscars 2021 which is quo vadis ada uh, which is a film about the war in uh, sorry a film about the war with serbia um, focusing on the Sobrenica invasion, where nearly 9,000 men were slaughtered, which is not a spoiler, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. Um, we follow Ada, uh translator. Sort of, she reminded me a bit of the Bosnian version of Sigourney Weaver for some reason, Ben. Yeah,
1: oh God, yeah, yeah. You, you keep going. She she has someone else going on for
0: me. I'll, I'll remember. <laughs> um, it. And, and for our non-Latin speaking friends, Quo Vadis essentially translates as, where are you going, um, Ada? Mm. So, and I think there's... I was also asking that question quite a few times, but we'll come on to that in a bit. So anyway, we're following translate a translator in a camp uh, called Ida, Aida. Uh, she works for the UN, essentially, and, and she's there to look after and translate for thousands that have fled Sobrenica and are essentially being held in a warehouse. Um, negotiations take place with the Serbian military uh, between the Bosnia and Serbia, obviously, uh, with the aim of securing safe passage for all the refugees, which, again... Is not a spoiler. It doesn't quite happen that way. Um, Ada has a couple of sons and a husband in the same warehouse as all the other refugees. So she tries to break the rules to get them to safety. Um, That's pretty much it, I reckon, Ben. For me, uh, once again, and again, I hate reviewing these kind of films, Mm -hmm. we are in Liborio territory here. This movie, for me, doesn't do anything outstandingly well, nor does it do anything outstandingly badly. Mm. Um, and there's really not a lot else I can add to this review, to be honest with you. It's okay. a passable war film, I suppose. Um, on the, I, I will defend it in the sense that I actually think it's going to be really difficult to get blown away by war, uh, by a war films now. Yeah. Um, even more so foreign language Oscar-nominated ones, as they, you know, they all ultimately tread a very similar path. Uh, and for, particularly for this category, for this set of awards, it's impossible for a, you know, an original war film to be nominated, really. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if if it does ever happen, that's that's in the English language for the main film category. And even then, most of those films tread very similar war paths. So, uh, hmm. But anyway, the best bit for this thing for me was probably a scene or two towards the end, although I would prefer the film to have actually ended several times before. Yeah. Um, it, it shows the incident where you see lots of people getting slaughtered, and that was very effective for me. It worked yeah. really well. And yeah. it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Unfortunately, it then overshoots after that quite a few times, which is a shame. Um, and it did ultimately spoil the film for me a bit. The performances are okay. Though I think, well, that is where you're going, Ida, is actually what I was asking Ida myself during this movie, bed because she she's, runs around a lot.
1: She's she. I think she's asking herself that question
0: as mm. well. But like she, she was running around before it was necessary to run around, you know. She just, just happened to run around a lot, which I thought was a bit weird, which is where the Sigourney Weaver thing came in, really. I thought, oh, OK, you're running around a lot. That's fine.
1: It's going to come to me. It's going to come to me. It's going to be one of those two in the morning <laughs> things. I'll go say, yeah, she, that's who she
0: looks like. Um, I would say if you're absolutely hankering to watch a world cinema war film, first of all, why are you listening to us? <laughs> <laughs> um, because, but, what, what, but then again, we all enjoyed The Rifleman last year.
1: Yes, we did.
0: The Rifleman was far, far better than this one. Taught, taught
1: us to love war movies again.
0: Exactly. Yeah. This, this unfortunately puts us back to where we were before, in my opinion. Uh, that being the royal we, uh, maybe. But uh, no, The Rifleman was far, far better than this. So if you are hankering for a foreign language war film at this time of year, please just go and watch The Rifleman and we talk about it at the film of the episode, film of the year 2020 episode, of course. Um, anyway, I'm waffling. Uh, I've really got nothing else to say. Quote Vadis Ida, ends up being... Ooh, I don't know who actually cares. Well, third or third or fourth favourite on this list for me, Ben. I'm, maybe I'm, maybe third. I'm going to
1: uh, I'm going to come at it from a different
0: angle. It's not my film of the month, and I don't think it's going to win the Oscar.
1: Interesting. I mean, God knows what'll win the Oscar, but here's Ben's defence of *Crovada*, Um, This film. When you make a, a war movie about a particular atrocity, you run the risk of creating a cinematic version of a Wikipedia page that runs through a series of beats. And then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then the atrocity happened. And what Quir Ida does is look at it from a human angle and let you understand how it would have felt to be a Bosnian person in this situation, how it would have felt to be one of the Dutch UN people in this situation, or how it would have felt to be one of the Serbs in this situation. And I really appreciated the human angle. Uh, for me, the film came to, it was confusing. Where are you going, Ida? Where's anyone going? What's happening? Everything is confusing. You're just thrown into the middle of this thing. There's there's no history of the conflict given to you. Um, it has that feeling for me of being one of the refugees in in the town. You don't know what's going on. You don't know where everyone's going. I really appreciated that aspect of it. Um, and for me, th- this was one of my more... The, I, not that I enjoyed it more, but this film I found much more affecting than um, a lot of the other films. It it worked for me. It's not just a Wikipedia page. Um, it's an experience in what it's like to be human and to go through one of these things. Um, it's also a film about an atrocity that most people don't know about, I would say. Um, this is going to be new information for a lot of people. It's not like Titanic, where you're just waiting for the ship to sink, although you are waiting for something terrible to happen it's kind of uh, foreshadowed, but I really appreciated that aspect of it, Uh, the human being alone. So like everyone remembers the girl in the red coat in Schindler's List, for example, which felt to me like we can't realise the emotional scope of all these people and what's going on. So we just single down to one little person and look at it from, from their point of view, it's Kravartis Ida is, is a little bit like that, but in reverse it is, it, it goes into the human element of this atrocity that took place. Um, I liked how it was made. Um, I loved, um, the attention to detail. I like how you get to see how everyone is affected by it. A lot of time was given to the Dutch UN, uh, peacekeepers. Um, i could see this winning um no chance i i, I could see it winning i'm just zero saying. chance fair doozies i have never <laughs> predicted an oscar win
0: that's not it that's not that's not even whether i agree with what you're saying or not it just will not win there is no chance it's going to win mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. i can get yeah i can i can believe that um but yeah this this really worked for me confusing um the mishmash of languages i loved it um and i I know what you mean about the extended endings. I did think there's there's without getting into spoilers, there's a pan across an audience towards the end of the film. yeah, and I I, I felt like the film needed that pan. You needed to see all of those people sitting together,
0: and then it fades um, to white, does it not?
1: It well then then it goes back to the kids on the stage doing the things with their hands and their faces um and that that i was less into but seeing all those people sitting together in the audience i really liked that um and how how do i talk about this film without being spoilerific um you know what happens when there's conflict in a small town where everyone knows each other basically um that that came up for me quite nicely here. I'm, I'm not a fan of war films. I am quite positively not a fan of war films. So when one of them reaches me, I think, oh, well, you're doing something different here, like Come and See, or The Rifleman, or Quo Vadis so yeah for me this is war is just like a kind of like a wind just blowing through this town and it's it's about the townsfolk getting blown around by the wind it's not so much about the soldiers and what their experience is like so i had time for this i 100 percent see where you're coming from um i'm not going to argue with you (laughs) for a second Well,
0: i mean the thing is i'm not even criticizing the film i'm just saying it doesn't do anything particularly outstandingly well um, nor does it do anything bad i mean i'm not i don't think we're that far away from each other um, no, really. It's just that you certainly got a few more things out of it than I did. I think that's yeah. entirely reasonable. Um, I, I, I hated how the film tried to introduce Ida's family into this movie. Uh, um, what, if what you say is true, and it most probably is, that you know, it's about it's about the actual refugee experience. during this film. Yeah. I don't need to see Ida's family there for, and I don't need okay. to see her break the rules for those for those people necessarily. And also, they had no personality. The family, they didn't. One of them was disabled. I think.
1: Well, one of them was in a band.
0: Um, but, <laughs> we, we, I mean, but they, they were just literally a bit part. It was more about Ida breaking the rules, not mm-hmm. this is why she's yeah, breaking yeah not, the not rules. being able to get it what she more... wanted. And it's um, like, and it's like this and is then, but perhaps mm.
1: you know, know crowbarring, maybe, perhaps including these people in the film Was you know an emotional, you know, I don't know, like the girl in the red coat in Schindler's List.
0: But I actually, it, I actually wish the film was a hundred percent what you were on about because for me it did slip into other war films quite too easily. That's the problem. And yeah. actually, you mentioned the town. The film is hardly in the town. Mm-hmm. The film is squarely at the refugee centre. And actually, it would have been nice for them to go to the town a little bit more just to see the actual aftermath of. Well, hang on. Here, here are the Serbs or yes. the Yugoslavs, as they were back then. Yes. Um, you know what, what is actually happening there? Instead, yeah. it was either running to her family back and forth, and it's like not. I'm not into it. Yeah. I'm not against it, but I'm not into it. I, uh, and and the do go to the town later on, as you say, um, yeah. I, I, look, I mean, I, I just wanted something slightly different. Right. That, that, that's fine. Uh, it, it, it is not the worst on this list. It is not made me want to top myself. It is not made. It is not one of the th- ones for me where I literally wish I was somewhere else on planet earth right now. than yeah. then, you know, watching this movie, it's fine. Um, but for that reason, and how fine it is, yeah. it ain't going to win the Oscar, man. Even ones that are worse than this have got a bit more oomph to them. Even, the, even th- if the oomph is bad, it stands yeah. out more. Therefore, it's going to catch the attention of certain individuals, I think.
1: I think if it did win, and I'm not saying it will, but if it did win, I think it, it wins for the, st- for, for the story that it's correct revealing.
0: The same yeah. as every other war film, I would suggest
1: true 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 but, true, but in, true. in
0: that sense like you're, you're paying tribute to people that are no longer with us which is what every war film is essentially yeah. um, yep. mm, but I mean I don't know are there any war films in the main Oscar list this year
1: oh god I, I think the rest of the Oscars is just bad boys for life in every ca- category
0: well that's it then They, I mean, maybe have a chance after all hmm. <laughs> anyway you have the honour of the uh, representing Tunisia film Ben would you like to tell us about the man who sold his skin please
1: by all means, yeah. Tunisian film that does not take place in Tunisia. Um, I actually did re- know that.
0: that. That doesn't surprise me somehow, but yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> I would have liked to see Tunisia, but hey, hey. So written and directed by, I'm, I'm going to brutalise this name here, Kauta Um, This is a film about a Syrian refugee. Well, he's not a refugee to start with. This is a film about a man living in Syria who accidentally commits a crime on a train one day and then ends up having to flee Syria. He runs off to nearby Lebanon um, and gets a job in a, like, like some, the meat industry, some kind of like... Throwing chickens into a box or something Mm -hmm. Um, A job that very much kind of echoes his existence at the time when he gets he doesn't have enough money or food So he gets into this thing of going to art galleries and eating the food at art galleries, which I I quite enjoyed Um, Goes to said art gallery um, and is discovered by an artist who decides he wants to um, use this man as uh, uh, um, an artwork. He wants to tattoo a visa onto his back, turning this human being who doesn't have any um, freedom of movement into an a commodity, an ob- object that can be moved from one city to another. Um, and then the guy gets to go to Belgium, which is where the love of his life is living, uh, with another man who he hates. The Man Who Sold His Skin is a fascinating idea, Um, and it takes place in a number of interesting locations. It features an absolutely bonkers cast, and the entire, well, not the entire cast, actually. I will take that back. A lot of the cast are acting with all of their muscles. There is a great deal of enunciation in this film. (laughs) and gesturing, and a lot of eyebrows.
0: There's a great stuff. deal of something. I wasn't going to There's say enunciation, personally, but there you a go. A great deal of enunciation.
1: Um, you've also got Monica Bellucci turning up out of nowhere. Like, where, where have you been? All what is she doing? People. What <laughs> are you doing in this movie? Um, and so, essentially, this film is about our main guy trying to get together with the love of his life, who is now with someone else, Um, he is a man without a country and then he is a commodity and then he is struggling to become a free man again once he becomes an art an artwork um a, a syrian group speaks out against him and against the the cheapening of the syrian experience there's a lot of ideas going on here um and now theo i don't talk about script writing and story that much on this podcast
0: You like your lighting first and foremost. I like
1: my lighting and this film has some good lighting moments and also some very odd lighting moments as well. (laughs) Uh, Really, really peculiar choices. But the, this feels to me like a film where the story was written out and everyone just went along and did it regardless of whether or not things make sense. Yeah. Um, key to this is the fact...
0: man this by the way this is diplomacy 101 i need I, I, I i'm trying to learn i'm trying to learn how to do it properly because what's coming next is not going to be diplomatic so carry on i'm enjoying it
1: key to this is the central character who should be really really sympathetic like I, sh- I should really sympathize for this guy when he turned up in this movie and i saw his face i i sympathized with him and i thought oh look there's a nice guy um and yet somehow my sympathies never really lie with this guy because of the the choices he makes as the film goes on um there are just some really really odd choices made in how this film is put together spoiler alert towards the end of the film monica bellucci has a scene with our main man and then they all drive off and in the very next scene our main man calls monica bellucci and then dumps a load of exposition on her we we just saw her in the scene before why are we driving to a new scene and then calling monica bellucci and she, now she's off screen and we just, it just felt like they kind of plowed along with a script that didn't really make much sense um, and they couldn't really fix it that much in the edit there's some great visuals going on there's some wonderful ideas i love the idea of of um, commodities having more importance than human beings that was great it's
0: actually uh, literally literally sorry not literally loosely based on a true story this as well
1: yeah it's based on um ben saw um and and uh, a, an artist tattooing someone in an art gallery but fun fact i went to an art gallery one time and i saw a guy having his mouth sewn up that was uh, the piece of art and then cut to i don't know like 15 years later i was at a party chatting to some guy in the dark and he was saying oh years ago i had my mouth sewn up in an art gallery and i was like no get out guy i was right there watching the whole time that was, uh, that was one of the fun stories of my life that this film made me think about. Um, this film is, is weird. I wanted to like it. I couldn't. Uh, the cast is weird. It's a great idea. Um, some of the performances are okay. Uh, some of the performances are really over the top. And I can't remember the, the guy's name. The, the guy who runs the art gallery, Martin. 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 Rupert Win James, there's a there's a, a man who should be arrested for his crime against acting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a name and shame,
0: but he's got a nice dude, name though. Give him that, dude, dude. Dude, get he it sounds out. Sounds like an actor, even though he doesn't look or act like one. Just Rupert Win James.
1: I'm adding him to the Clive Owen list of people who just move. What are you being paid for? Good move. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, like, I really like the ideas here. Um, I, some, of the, some of the bits look great. Um, yeah. Uh, enjoy-wise, it, I enjoyed it less and less as it went on, whereas Corovar Saida, I enjoyed it more and more as it went on and then it hit a point where I was like, mm, now I'm kind of out of it. So, yeah, that's my diplomacy rules review of The Man Who Sold His Skin. Theo, I bet you love this one.
0: Well, I mean, I also want to, get, want to love every single film that I watch. Uh, unfortunately, when the worst film in the podcast history shows itself, <laughs> then I cannot enjoy it. There's nothing to like about this film whatsoever. Uh, nothing. But we love Monica Bellucci, right? <laughs> it's dated. It's formulaic. It's literally fishing for the Oscar by copying what better films have supposedly done, according mm-hmm. to a very, very archaic way of thinking, the Oscar moment, you mm. know, the scene where they cut out and post when it comes to like, here are your nominations, and they cut, they have the one scene that's what is not, the one scene from this when he jumps off the stage and he and he pretends to blow himself up with a pair of headphones, uh, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, 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 and a then really?
0: everything's and then everything slows down, and it's full of rich white people in suits all running to classical music outside of the, uh, the auditorium or wherever they are, concert hall, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that scene won't make any sense to anyone that hasn't watched this film, but I don't care because none of you are going to watch this because I'm telling you not to bother. Um, th- this, this, uh, this, this, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. Like, I cannot believe that, A, this film passed Tunisia's um, quality control. Yeah. I cannot believe that it got past the semi-final stage and I, I am just beyond words that it reached the final stage. Yeah. Like we can just randomly throw dots at a flag on the on a map, and that country's film will be better than this, and it wouldn't have reached this stage of the foreign language Oscar nomination process. Yeah. It is just unbelievable to me. Yeah, but like, there is the, I mean, is the performances, you've said it all, but actually you were nowhere near harsh enough. <laughs> like every character is performed atrociously. Mm-hmm. Barring <laughs> maybe one person. And that's the godforsaken lead character, his wife.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. She's, she is gold dust in this film.
0: She's gold dust because she's adequate. She <laughs> is fine. She is normal. Literally everybody else, as you've he- hinted that half of them were, that's not enough for me. All of them were overplayed. They were embarrassing caricatures of of things. Yeah. These people don't exist in real life. They don't. They, they really, really don't. Not in this way. But
1: um, well, the- also, the problem is, is this film is trying to show high class world. Here are the rich people. Here are the best people. And when you get like the you get like the, the D class Antonio Banderas to play your your famous artist, you, you the, the rich thing doesn't come across and it, everything starts feeling cheap.
0: The lead character is cheap. Yeah. I forgot his name. Don't care what it is. Yaha he's one, the, Mahani. he's one of the most risible characters I've seen in a film for a hell of a long time. His, his arrogance yeah you were spot on about him about just not being him not being sympathetic towards him and yeah. not liking him he's arrogant that's why he's cocky he signs himself away to this ridiculous project he gets paid well for it yeah and then suddenly has a crisis of confidence yeah yeah, yeah. Like, it, and, 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 and you think well okay everyone makes mistakes watch this film a that's the mistake and b you will see that as you very well said there's no rhyme or reason to anything in this movie. No. It just happens because they wanted it to happen. Yeah. They didn't think about how it flows, how it works, how, it, how, how all the characters interact. None of that matters. Um, two things I want to finish with for now. First of all, this is made by an experienced hand, and I am amazed at that. The, a lot, I, I, I cannot, she's banned from the podcast, by the way.
1: I, th- I think she just needed to spend a I think that it, maybe the production schedule was quite hectic, and she just went, okay, cut, print and didn't really speak to the actors much. I don't know. Maybe it was all about just getting it done.
0: We've only the, first, the first thing to repeat, Ben hania is banned from this podcast. I'm not doing any more of her movies. They, what this has done for Tunisian cinema, in fact, wider, let, let's focus on the bigger issues. What has this done for African cinema? Mm. Mm. Air conditioner, what, ladies and gentlemen, what yeah. did that do for African cinema? Yeah. What has it done for African cinema? This, please. This mm. has sent African cinema back to the doldrums, and I mean that sincerely. Not, not, not even just North Africa, the whole continent. These movies have no place in society. None whatsoever. That's the first thing. Second thing, if this wins a Foreign Language Oscar, we will never, ever do any Foreign Language Oscar nominations on this podcast ever there's again.
1: No, there's no way this is going to win. Surely. It,
0: I Listen, if, if, the grand, if La Grande Bellezza can beat The Hunt, anything is possible. Yeah, that's true. Anything yeah. can happen. That being said, holy smokes, this must not win. And, <laughs> and, and if it wins, I don't know what that, what that is actually saying about anything. I don't know what it's saying about cinema. I don't know what the hook is that middle-class white men will get out of this, which is what the Academy is because mm. mm. they're being attacked in this, despite the fact that, the, that even the Academy are far, far better people than any of the people in this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I,
0: this... oh my god, oh my god, I'm, I'm, I can't get over it. I can't get over it.
1: Uh, these things happen.
0: Not like this.
1: We all, we all have our the man who sold his skin. Mine might be coming up. You never know.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, maybe, but it, it ain't, it ain't going to be the worst film on the podcast. Whatever's to come, it won't be. That was this one for all time, <laughs> for all time, right? Collective, representing Romania, we have also. A documentary Oscar nomination here. Um, we'll come on to what that actually means in a bit. Um, it's all about corruption in the Romanian health system. Basically, it all stems from a fire in a nightclub that was named Collective that resulted in many deaths of many young people, uh, not just from the nightclub incident itself. There weren't any fire exits, I believe. Uh, but the reason for this documentary being made at all was because there were plenty of deaths, more than, more than what would ever be acceptable, from those that simply had manageable, treatable burns from surviving the fire. Um, and lots and lots of those people died. And some, some journalists, uh, namely from a Romanian Sports Gazette, took it upon themselves to investigate that and film it and find out why, because it just didn't seem right to them. Uh, and essentially, the documentary focuses on three core things. As I said, the newspaper, the Romanian Sports Gazette, uh, its investigation into pharmaceutical contracts, how and how, first of all, disinfectant that was used to treat burns victims that survived the fire was found to be dangerously diluted and ineffective. Uh, That's the first part of this documentary, all about disinfectant and how that contract laid out, where the money was going, where was the quality control and all the rest of it. Then the documentary moves on to the siphoning of money, between various dealings uh, and with it a resignation and a new hiring of a health minister who is a technocrat Uh, and I believe the technocrat that comes in was a used to be a patient liaison officer or something so you were just expecting things to get automatically better because of his history his background and the fact that he has replaced someone who oversaw the innocent death of many many people that should have survived very treatable conditions so you expect things to get better Except it doesn't, because part three of the documentary then looks into lung transplants and why so many are outsourced to Vienna, uh, despite Romanian hospitals having accreditations to do it themselves, why Romanian citizens have been charged three times as much to go and have a lung transplant outside of Romania than within ETC, ETC. And then kind of like 3.5 at the at the end of the very old thing is a, another election. So fair amount going on here. Um, Not to mention that they do make you make sure you don't forget that this is a thing that happened in a nightclub. So you'll see some nightclub moments, some shocking, horrible footage uh, about someone that actually filmed what was happening in the nightclub when it was on fire. And a few bits and pieces with a particular Burns victim that opened up an art exhibition. So you get to you get to know about her a little bit, and just kind of she's there to kind of make make sure that people don't forget who's responsible and what happened to her, and that there's thousands the thousands like or hundreds like her, I should say. Um, so where are we on this? Well, it's a solid documentary. It it kind of does a lot of things right. It has a lot of great access to the people that you need access to, like in this instance, you spend a lot of time with the journalists who are doing their investigation then you spend an awful lot of time with your new health minister. Like, I cannot believe he opened himself up so much. Like, so many meetings that take place, mm-hmm. lots of uncomfortable conversations. You're there for all of them. You don't feel that anything was ever cut out. Um, and I just can't imagine this thing, a thing like this being made in this country bed. That's a hell of a thing, and I salute them for that. Uh, and, and in that sense, I can see why it was nominated, where it's been nominated for. But there are a couple of things that are holding it back for me. Firstly... It felt long. (laughs) Now, that might not be a surprise, but uh, it's a Romanian one hour 45 documentary about disinfectant, siphoning money and lung transplants. That's a long time for that subject. Mm -hmm. Various subjects. So, I felt my own interest starting to wane during this documentary, Ben. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Mm -hmm. That is a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, uh, I suppose that was my first major problem with it. Secondly well, I suppose you can even put them together. everything I said is actually true. What I said happens in this documentary is what happens. There's not a lot of deviation. No. And when I say that it talks about disinfectant, boy does it talk about disinfectant? Yeah When I say that it talks about lung transplants, there is a very fine and precise detail about those lung transplants, and you hear every single word of it. every meeting every kind of agenda item, all the rest of it gets discussed. These are not entertaining subjects, Benjamin Woodibus. <laughs> <laughs> not, not my name, so, but mine. Some might, say, some might say they are hard work. Yeah. Some might say it's a slog. Uh. Well, those people would be absolutely fine to, uh, to say that. It was a slog for me, Ben. I work <laughs> in the NHS, so you think I might have a passing interest in disinfectant lung transplants, money laundering, mismanagement of hospitals, accreditations of labs. I don't really. And this, is, this isn't the documentary for me that changed my mind at all. Um, it's hard work. It's not something that you would ever watch to say, well, I enjoyed that. It's a documentary that I'm glad exists. Don't get me wrong. It's incredibly important for Romania. I have absolutely no doubt about that. I'm pleased that it, for them, as a nation of filmmakers that I like, that they've had some success with this. As I say, it's up for documentary as well as uh, World Cinema, uh, foreign language entry. Uh, I can't see it win both. That would be ridiculous. Right. Maybe it could win the documentary thing purely mm-hmm. because of how much good access it's got and for the fact that it's, you know, re- revealing some truths that have stayed hidden and all the rest of it. But I don't can't, I can't speak for any of the other documentaries that have been nominated. So I don't know what else is going on in there. I don't know if any of them are good. Uh, I suspect there may well be some sort of uh, anti-racism thing in a documentary that maybe that is so on point, so on point that surely they'll just give it to that if there is one. But I don't know. Uh, so therefore, I'm I'm judging this film based on the other ones that I've watched in this list, and I don't think it should win a Foreign Language Oscar then, <clears throat> um, mostly because I don't know if the the Academy are willing to back something that attacks Big Pharma. I don't think we're with... at that stage where they kind of <coughs> evaluate their own country in that way. It's, they it's certainly big, do it for racism, but they don't do it for Big Pharma yet. Big Big Pharma uh, in another country. Right. Oh, uh, because, because then that makes people go, well, what about you guys? And I don't think they want that attention. No. Everyone um, keeps so giving it, right, it a bit.
1: the yeah. health service. Don't look at yeah.
0: us. <laughs> well, exactly. Look at us. We don't have all this. Look at how brilliant we are. Um, yeah. That's where we're at with the Americans on this, uh, For how I sit them, see them going with this. Um, that's it this is probably my third or fourth favorite on this list ben okay fair fair doozies
1: um this is a this is a tricky one for me have you seen the television show peep show or are you familiar with the I show i
0: didn't know we were gonna go peep show from a thing about disinfectant and lung transplants ben <laughs>
1: so peep show for those who don't know is a british comedy show it's not made anymore it was was made back in the day with a pair of comedians called mitchell and webb and it had a central concept which was everything was filmed from one person's head so the entire the entire show you're always looking through the eyes of one of the characters um and i could never ever ever watch peep show because i could never ever ever stop thinking about how it was being filmed um, you're supposed to have this kind of verisimilitude of people looking at each other talking, but you know that it's actually just David Mitchell standing there talking into a camera, and then they're having to turn it around and have whatever his name, Webb, is talking into a camera too. And I could never, ever, ever stop thinking about how this film was made, uh, the access they had, and the fact that in a one hour, 49 minute documentary, where a camera is in a lot of important rooms, at no point in this entire film does anyone ever look at the camera or ever register that there is someone recording what's going on. And that, that never, ever, ever, ever left my mind. And, not,
0: and none of the characters ever talk to the camera either. Never, like, no, it's amount, never, like, the, amount of, the amount of documentaries where someone will say, oh, and this is, and this is what I recall happening. No.
1: Yep. Or just like, or just even a glance, even no. as, as the eyes pan across the room, they don't even settle on the camera for a second. Um, the whole thing feels like uh, a, a TV show. It feels like the bridge. Or something. Um, it does not feel like a documentary. That's not to say that this isn't a documentary. It is. Um, but this is a Wikipedia page documentary. This is exactly what Quav- Quavardis Aida wasn't for me. So I, I was very much bouncing Collective and Quavardis Aida off each other um, because I gained no deeper knowledge of the human condition from this movie. It was very, 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 very long and then it stopped. And I I think I would rather watch The Man Who Sold His Skin 500 times than watch this one again. I, I had a lighthouse response to this movie. Um, I have no more good words to say about
0: it. <laughs> well, it's better than that. Uh, that is a fact. <laughs> uh, what, what this made me think, I mean, I, I don't get distracted with other nonsense when I'm watching a film. Mm-hmm. I just watch the film. Mm-hmm. But this did make me think, Journalists in movies. Yeah. yeah, And how important it is that, that casting directors put actors that we like for journalists. Yeah. That is so essential. I didn't even realise until watching this. Like, I mean, Rachel Adams, Michael Keaton, uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, I mean, hundreds, obviously hundreds, but those, those are recent ones that have been at the forefront of this particular ceremony. For example, uh, Spotlight, uh, that Tom Hanks uh, journalism movie, he did, I can't remember which one it was, now there's some sort of, I don't know. Yeah, he does not Anyway, anyway so, so everyone likes those actors, I think, pretty much. Everyone likes Michael Keaton, everyone likes Tom Hanks, people quite like Rachel Adams. Um, and because you like them, you actually kind of like the journalists. Yeah. Real journalists are not pleasant people, Ben. No, they're not. And I say that with no irony whatsoever, being yeah. a qualified one myself. <laughs> the truth is important, no doubt, but you need engaging people to sell it to you. I really did not like the journalists in this no. movie.
1: And they're doing a good thing. They're, they're, they are they're, doing
0: a magnificent, beautiful risk. And, 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 minor spoiler, it doesn't end badly for anybody, but things take a little bit of a sinister turn towards the end for the journalists. Yeah. yeah. And you, you don't want it to happen to, to them, to anybody, whatever. But equally, I don't like the journalists in this movie. I, I mean, the, the, there's they're, this. They're real people. Um, and that's you... the problem.
1: Yeah. Are you, are you supposed to like real people? Um, but in,
0: in the sense that it's almost, it's almost as if, well, I certainly don't like the health ministers because he's a bad person. He's got lots of bad legislation. He doesn't care about the citizens of Romania. So mm. Therefore, I automatically should be loving the journalists that are trying to hold these people to account. Yeah, I yeah. don't.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. No, I, I, I agree.
0: Um, is a problem. But
1: it's a problem the the thing is out of the the these five films i've been speaking to other human beings in the world about the uh foreign language oscar noms people love this film um it's a big it's a it's a real goddamn big hit um yeah. and i i'm not sure why i'm not a documentary guy i'm really not um i i, I feel that a lot of documentaries Teach us nothing more about who we are. They get locked into um, just being a Wikipedia page. They they narrow in on one particular thing. Um, others would argue, Ben, that's the point. What are you talking about? But I I I want cinema to, to remind me about being a human being and to look at the human experience. Um, and I I didn't get that at all from this. It, it, I I felt completely locked out from anyone's life in this film I, I I gained no deeper understanding of anybody in this film at all
0: are you are you seeking the human experience or are you seeking a human experience that you can agree with
1: I'm seeking the human experience so even if even if I get
0: one that I don't necessarily agree with um because I think this film is pretty much spot on about human experience we're all treated like absolute garbage by health ministers and that's it uh, okay. that's pretty yeah. much you know Okay. Uh, the, the 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 level of that depends on how good your actual health service is mm. we're slightly we are quote-unquote slightly better in the uk for that i mean that therefore was... therefore you can survive burns and it's fine yeah. we're not that yeah. bad and our disinfectant isn't diluted that's fine but uh oh a day-to-day basis i'm hearing all sorts of different things about bad treatment patient liaison committee is being called to this place that place
1: that was the other thing about this film it felt like the academy have picked it so we can go oh look at how bad things are over there look at well well, i
0: mean yeah we just meant we mentioned that like that that's why i don't think it will win because then people the spotlight would be like okay so that's romania what about you america you don't even have a fucking public health (laughs) care (laughs) system so it's like so yeah that's why it won't win I wonder if, therefore, they'll give it the sneaky little quiet, go away, you've won the documentary, go away thing. Yes. Uh, I'll give you that Oscar. The foreign language one's a bit more high profile, so hmm, maybe. Or is it? Maybe it's not. Hmm. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Uh, which one is held in more contempt? Uh, actually, no. It's definitely the foreign language one that's held in more contempt, because they'll ju- if there is any race-related documentary this year, it will win. So uh, that's a fact. I don't even know if there is. Again, I don't particularly care. It's fine. Um, so, Anyway, I think that's, that covers that one, I think. Are we going to China now? Well, Hong Kong, if you please. Um, oh, the, better, the, nomination, the nomination from Hong Kong, Better Days, please.
1: Yeah, so um, Better Days is a remake
0: of Twilight. Uh, wait, no,
1: sorry, I, I got my notes wrong. So Better Days is uh, a film about in, the systemic bullying in the Hong Kong school system um and it's an odd one (laughs) it's a funny funny old film this um this is i I think if you look up the definition of hyperbole or um or uh, uh, overblown you get a picture of better days it's a film about a a teenage girl who is getting ready for her final exams i'm not going to pretend that i really understand the hong kong chinese education system that well <clears throat> but it's it's a big old exam. Everyone is studying for it. Thousands of people, millions of people, for all I know. Um, there's a lot of weight on it. And right at the beginning of the film, one of her classmates commits suicide. She then goes over to the body and puts her her jacket on it, her coat on it, her whatever. Anyway, everyone takes a photo, and the bullying then moves on to her. She becomes the subject of bullying. Um, It's relentless, and it's very unpleasant. It's very overdone. Everything in this film is like a music video. It's very flashy. Um, There's a remarkable number of cuts in this film. It's like a kind of a Eunice Auckland film or something. And then she falls in with a street punk. Um, And then this film becomes a kind of a weird will they, won't they romance between an academic wannabe poor girl and a street punk who then protects her from the bullies. Um, This film, if you thought collective was long, you got to see better days because this film is long and it feels it. Um, And it feels like four different movies as it goes on. Um, I did not hate it. It was okay. I was entertained. I thought it was very overdone. Uh, very, very overblown um, like I said I also was very surprised by the lack of faith in institutions as this film goes on so uh, she reports the crime to the police the police investigates they don't really do anything She, the school don't really do anything and one of the kind of sub themes of this film seems to be about buck passing. Where, where do you do in a bullying situation? Because you go to the school, the school is just going to blame the, te- the, the teachers or the headmaster. You go to the teachers, headmaster, they're just going to blame the parents. You go to the parents and they're just going to say, well, I work all the time, so I never see this kid. Um, and this film has no faith in institutions and instead gives you a kind of a weird romance where taking things into your own hands is the only thing you can do, which I thought wasn't a very kind of like, it didn't seem in keeping with the the kind of Chinese policy of the, the state looking after everyone until it got to the end. And then everything suddenly made sense as you get this kind of like five minute monologue about all the um, amendments that the Chinese government have made. Uh, to stamp out bullying in a film that tells you that institutions don't have your back for two hours, 15 minutes. Um, it's, it's Twilight, but about bullying. Um, it was okay. It's well shot. Um, it's got some good music. It's got some, some music that I thought was stolen from another film at one point, but I can't, I can't back that up with facts. Um, yeah, it was, it was okay. I've seen better films.
0: Really? Not for me. It's my (laughs) film of the month. No way! Oh, yes. I I agree that I don't hate it, but I I disagree. on everything else you've said, I love this movie. It was an exquisitely made film. Exquisitely made film. And to use a sporting analogy, bearing in mind what's happened with the European Super League, don't worry about it, non-football fans, you've missed nothing. Uh, But the rest of us, you have missed quite a lot. But anyway... This is a major, major upset. I think you, I think you definitely knew without without a shadow of a doubt hmm. that another round was going to be not only film of the month, it was going to win the Oscar, and it was hmm. going to be my hmm. film of the year. Well, no, no, absolutely not. Uh... That isn't to say the better days is going to do any of those things, but it's my film of the month.
1: Wow,
0: it's as I said, um, it, for me, it's exquisitely made in every single regard, and I've really, I mean, I could go into a whole whole thing now about why, but I'm not going to bother, because there's no point. Um, I do know it, why. Tell me it, why. It, it, it's, I, mean, cause I, I, I can't really explain why. Um, although, what I will say is, I see what you're doing here, director Kwok Chung Sang. There's the guy. Uh, I see what you're doing here. I'm looking at this movie. First of all, it's the, f- the film, i.e. the film's passport. Hong mm-hmm. Kong. Uh, the female character is called Chen. Yeah. There's head shaving that goes on. Yeah. Chen is a female. Hello, Uggia Muslims. How are you doing? <laughs> um, and what else, what else happens to be up with Chen? Oh, she happens to be quite an ap- academic who gets arrested uh, for crime, but then also one of the crime gets completely disregarded. But nevertheless, she's an, she's an academic. Hi, I see what you're doing there. Right, got you going. I've got you all day long, Kwok Chung Sang. Go about your business Try not to get arrested yourself because what you've basically done here is attack the Chinese for absolutely everything going for them and I love it. I absolutely loved it they deserve it and it's all true particularly the head shaving and the Muslim thing is actually really fucking disgusting and this movie captures it in a really 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 interesting and nice way. So thank you for that director. I look forward to your next movie The pace of it is interesting to me The beginning of it is very very dizzying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the point where you're in a classroom and you, within about eight seconds of film, it's chairs, books, people, uh, chalkboard, teacher, subjects, books, table. And it's like, okay, quite fast. Mm-hmm. And that's very clearly influenced by Chinese movies for me as well. I mean, hey, of course it is, because it's, it's, you know, Hong Kong and China. Um, influenced by Yakuza, most certainly from Japan as well, uh, but also Chinese martial arts, I think, like the quickness of it all. Yeah, uh, but again, this this is a very Chinese-influenced film, as you'd expect it would be. Um, it, I mean, this, again, I'm not going to really waste too much time on it. I just really, really love the film. I liked everything about it. I like the way it was made. I like the way it was acted. And, yep, I'm I'm just thrilled with it. I really, really am. I wish it the best. Obviously, if it wasn't to win, there's only one other pick that I would want, and we'll move on to that shortly. Um, but, hey, that film's got problems. That we'll move yeah. And I did not expect to be saying that at all. At all. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but this film has problems too. Better days, yeah. of course it does. All the films this week have significant enough problems for me to think that actually quite possibly none of them are going to win film of the year for me this year, depending on how the rest of the year goes. Um Yeah, yeah it's long, no doubt. It's also a little bit odd, as you said, at places. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are some odd moments where it's like, okay, but I just didn't care. Honestly, I just didn't care. I liked the characters. I mm. liked how how it went about going about his business, as I said. And I liked the fact that it just was. I mean, I, I'm even amazed it got out because it is so anti-Chinese.
1: It's very anti-Chinese, and I did that. How some, how is like,
0: he still alive exactly?
1: Not, but because of that four-minute little monologue at the end where he talks about the the changes the government have introduced.
0: Mm. But uh, I, I, there's also a lot of nice fun scenes i mean yeah. the school's where it's at let's be fair the school's where it's at yeah. it's really interesting it's good uh more another school coming your way very shortly in a different film but this school's nice i like the focus on the education mm. and how critical it is yes like there's so many scenes of banners hanging outside of um balconies at the school and they're all military-esque style yep importance of education and essentially, their big exam day in China, it's like Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is the biggest thing in a country at one time is the national exam day. Like you've got all these lecturers giving pep talks to all their kids. I've never seen nothing like it. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And we know that obviously the Chinese take education seriously. Um, that, I mean, you know, that, that, and, and how important it is for all the children's future in that situation. Um, I loved all those scenes. Um, yes, problems, but I didn't care for them, really. It was fine. I can live hey. with them. Um, it's just, I, just, I mean, yeah, I just clicked with it. I just really, really clicked with it. Didn't, it... Even, didn't even get the Twilight thing. Didn't even occur to me. Um, <laughs>
1: the, the characters won me over completely. Um, and then I was like, there's, there's another hour clocking in on this film. Where's it going to go? And then we're, we're, we're at the exams. What, what on earth can happen now?
0: Did the Chinese then... actually do any films less than one hour fifty? I don't
1: know. Surely, at some point,
0: I don't think they do. You know, I, I mean, I, again, that that's just in their thing. Yeah. yeah, maybe to do to do lengthier film. I mean, the Japanese <laughs> films are normally two hours as well, but they don't feel like it. But so they,
1: it's just that it it kicks off and then becomes a whole other film with like sixty minutes left on the clock. We're like new yeah. plot, hello. Um, but yeah, it, it, it won me over. I I did. I didn't find it boring. I found it a, a lot more fun than The Man Who Sold His Skin and Collective. I. Crovadis Aida, I kind of like I felt more of a human connection to it. This one felt like a kind of flashy pop video to it. And the uh, I'm uh, I'm not sure about the the romance between the two leads. Maybe I'm being cynical, but it, it felt a bit tacked on. But I hear all your points.
0: I mean, I mean that's, you know, uh mm. I mean, hey, you'd have to speak to me about romance. I I don't watch romantic films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, but this, this had all that was it had all the stuff going on in the background for me that did, that just overwashed everything um, i loved moments of uh, chen's film character i forgot the name of the male character um, unfortunately oh. but um, he he's 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 essentially the bodyguard for chen mm-hmm. and, and then things develop between the pair of them mm-hmm. i liked i liked all that stuff but i liked him by himself and yeah. maybe, maybe there should have been more of that because him and his friends were great scenes.
1: Well, if you read the book that this movie is based on, the, yeah, it's just, just him. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is no Chen. Yeah. Which is uh, an interesting choice.
0: But unfortunately, I do not read books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, it there, worked, there you go. It, it's, um, well, bit. Obviously, again, we'll make big, grandiose predictions at the end of this thing. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I am a fan of this one. Okay. Just like I'm a fan of the next one, in fairness, uh, as if I'm ever, ever going to be overly harsh on what we we're about to talk about. Yeah. Simply not in my nature. It's ingrained in me as it's ingrained in you as well. Representing represented Denmark, another round, Ben, or otherwise known as Druk. Should we go with it? Should we go with that? Because okay. it sounds better to me.
1: Yeah, let's go with talk. So, Drew yep. is the 8 millionth film by Thomas Vinterberg, <laughs> the creator of the dogma movement. with four
0: million, four million in English that are shit, and then four million in Danish that are good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Vinterberg, director of the best film starring Whacking Phoenix and Sean Penn ever made.
0: Um, That's a really interesting idea. <laughs> and, and and I said to you before, I'm deeply sympathetic towards that movie, despite the fact <laughs> I mean, that I seem to be the only one that is. No, um no. Also, yeah. also
1: here, also here, flying the flag for for that film. Um, that Another love. round was a film that I, I went into knowing as little about as possible. Yeah. But um, I, I I knew that it was I knew that it was called Another Round or Druck. Um, I knew that it was film about drinking. I knew it was filmed that stars Mads Mikkelsen. Um, I had my expectations built up in my head about what that film might be. I sat down to watch uh, Druck and it was not the film that i was expecting it to be at all it was something very different um it's a film about four let's say middle-aged men who work at a school together who come across a philosophy which is that human beings are born with a, a, a deficiency of 0.05% blood alcohol levels, meaning that you need to hit 0.05 blood alcohol levels in order to to be at your normal level, and so they they start a uh, a project. Um, a project with writing on the screen uh, I'm quietly a little bit obsessed with how films do writing on a screen and I love the approach that Turk has to writing on a screen thought that was great um, so they go into it let's all carry out our lives at 0.05% alcohol levels and they kind of start to fall in love with life again Um, this, all of this idea starts from one of the central characters, 40th birthday, which is where Mads Mikkelsen has his first drink in a while. Um, Mads Mikkelsen is normally pretty, the the way he gets used in films and TV is he's your flat blank character. Um, and he's flat blank par excellence here until he learns to love life again um he becomes better at teaching he becomes a better parent he becomes a better husband um he enjoys life more um everything is better uh so wait what's this Ben a film which is positive about alcohol that's terrible alcohol is a terrible thing well no hold on a moment Because this film is not just positive about alcohol, and it's not just about the middle-aged white man experience either. It also has a lovely parallel of the teenage drinking experience, where Denmark has a a, quite a record of teenage drinking. (laughs) That's one, that's one, one one way of putting it. This film also shines a light on some of the negative aspects of alcohol and drinking as well. This film's thesis statement is basically that alcohol is good and bad. This film's thesis statement is that life is pain and is to be enjoyed as much as possible. Um, I really, really enjoyed Dork. I thought it was just a hell of a thing. Not to say it didn't have its problems um you can't have a scene where you're getting on with your wife really well and then follow it up with the next scene where you and your wife are falling apart i'm, I'm, I'm not genuinely
0: standing. shocked that he did I'm, that
1: i'm not standing for that kind of behavior um he knows better. We, we saw the same I, kind I, of thing I, in I, the man who sold his skin but i expect that kind of madness from the man who sold his skin <laughs> but this kind of like sudden there, there were a few lurches in this film um
0: maybe man- maybe we can put that down to tobias lindholm's inputs because
1: well well it- well, well i i'm gonna expand on what i think is behind that but i'm gonna well shall i finish that yeah i'm gonna finish there i want to hear what theo thinks and then 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 we're going to talk about this a little bit more
0: but actually, I'll tell you what, I'm going to not even review this properly. I'm going to bring one thing back regarding Tobias Lindholm and then we'll go back to you. So mm-hmm. what this needs to be said, this mm-hmm. film is dedicated to Thomas Winterberg's daughter, Ida.
1: Yes, who, that's what I talk about. Yeah, so yeah.
0: she came up with an idea behind the film. She didn't screenplay it or anything, but Thomas kept sending the, sending the script to her and she kept making little suggestions back and forth, constantly with his own daughter, Thomas Winterberg. Interesting. Yeah. She was due to star in the film. Uh, yep. She was due to play one of the characters for a small part, I believe. Um, but she, a lot of her... She was Mickelson's daughter. Right, yeah. He, 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 well, replaced by a son. Then, yes, yes. Uh, in, in the actual film because of what happened, which was a tragic car accident. So she obviously is no longer with us, RIP, Isle of <laughs> Um But the film pressed ahead regardless. Uh, yes. So some of, a lot of things were changed, as in now there's two sons instead of a son and a daughter in, in Madden Mickelson's family. Also, um, the, the, they were actually shooting at Ida's actual school. Yes, with her so classmates. With her classmates, some of some of her friends were extras and all the rest of it. Yeah. So deeply personal, uh, to say the least. Awful what he went through. So yeah. to, uphold, to this this film is essentially her wish. Yeah. I. I'm willing to accept certain things on that because he isn't 100% solely a eh, behind the film because mm-hmm. he, he did keep seeking his daughter's approval for it. And the reason for that is what you said, is that the Danish drinking culture of the youth is that pronounced. It, that's where she got the idea from. Yeah. Her friends, here. her people. And she's like, Dad, I want you to do this film about drinking because, oh, my God, we just ran around like carrying cans and it's ridiculous. Yeah. So all of that happened. That was All of that was a thing. It's all real. So uh, that is pretty much ex- explanatory for some of the things that I think both of us maybe don't like in this movie. The other thing I want to say about that particular thing, he just lost his daughter. Yeah. He, said, he basically came out and said, well, I can either spend 24 hours in the fetal position or I can spend 12 hours in the fetal position and another 12 hours working. When he was able to spend 12 hours in the fetal position rather than 24, he, he obviously came and did his job. When he wasn't in a position to do that, he handed over the reins to Tobias Lindholm. Yes. So, I, again, I think, irrespective of instructions and there's a screenplay and there's notes and this is what we want you to do, and if you've got any questions, let me know. I'll try my best to help and all the rest of it. It's just not exactly the same if the man himself and his daughter himself is clearly not there either at that point or yeah. not there. So yeah. that is pretty much my own defense for the things that I will talk about after you've had another go on this film okay. about things that I didn't like, but there are still some things that I won't forgive for this movie, but I will come on to those later. Back over to you.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, that whole backstory I read about afterwards. So yep, what um, I was, I was blown away by the kind of, uh, the appreciation for life in this film, um, for the glimmer of hope that it offered. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, I loved seeing Thomas Bo Larson back from Feston. Who doesn't Who, th- Thomas Vinterberg's like, I need someone to play a dick in my film. Thomas, are you free?
0: And there he is. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: I'm the guy who's going to mess it up, right? Okay. And of
0: course, and of course, there's one scene where he has a cigarette in the corner of his mouth. That was for me and for you, Ben. That was. Oh God, we know that image all too well. That uh, that was beautiful. It really was. There was, there was,
1: and uh, there was some great smoking scenes in these five movies (laughs) that we watched. Haven't really (laughs) talked about that? But um, I think Quo Vadis Ida is my king of the smoking movies. Um,
0: we're not, we're not going to do the top five smoking rankings of this of the year, are we?
1: I just, I just really appreciated the crushed filters that they did in Virus. Was, was, it, was, it, was it. there
0: any smoking in Pebbles?
1: Um, yes, there's a lot of smoking in Pebbles. There was
0: a lot of smoking in Stop Zemlia.
1: There, there is a lot of smoking in Stop Zemlia. Pebbles, he's smoking. Is it bindis the whole way through? Um, he's always looking for a light.
0: Was Was there any smoking in the first third of that Israeli film that we did?
1: Oh hell yeah are you kidding in the party yeah smoking fair, all over
0: can i charge you with putting together a smoking rankings for 2021 okay, yes
1: yes let me i'll go through these i got this
0: because I've, I've already got props I, I can't handle any more rankings fair <laughs> do, <fair laughs> do. i do
1: Crovatis aida opened with some of the best cinema smoking i've seen for a long time and <laughs> i was kind of in from there um uh, anyway druk another round um It was just a very kind of life-affirming experience. I really enjoyed it. It's not what I thought it was going to be at all. Um, I don't know if it's going to win the Oscar because it is a film at heart about four white men who, four white privileged men who play around with a kind of a game that gets out of control. Um, even though that's not just what it's about it's about drinking culture in the West, something that occurred to me I'm, I'm comparing all these films to each other. So Crovadis Aida, for example, is a film about a, a very deep sharp stab wound right in the center of a country. Um, Druk or another round is about, if you can imagine like a like a a, a blanket filled with tiny, tiny tiny little pins which are kind of pressed. all all around the globe being pushed in. Tiny, tiny little stabs of pain that affects like millions and billions of different lives um, through alcohol abuse um, to their own bodies and to the the people of those around them this is an important story and this is this this is the 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 water that we swim in this film um in in the uk we also have uh, an incredible drinking culture as well we don't really talk about it that much um it causes a, a lot of damage to a lot of people um physically mentally emotionally this is an important story but i'm not sure if it's going to win simply because of it's kind of like it's 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 whiteness, its focus on Denmark. I do think that the the presence of the songs about Denmark over and over and over again throughout this entire film is just strengthening this message about this is a very Danish problem. Um, it, it really got to me this film, and I'm, I want to end by talking about how goddamn deceptively good the lighting is in this film. Um, because it, it's far better than you might think. You might just think that Denmark looks like this. This is what a Danish restaurant looks like. This is what a house by the water looks like. This is But, but no, no, this is some absolutely next-level astonishing secret hidden cinematography from the DP here. Um, it's an exceptionally well-lit film. Um, a few little fumbles the the relationship thing the the very 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 suddenness of Thomas Bow Larson's descent into a problem yes um, yeah 100%. it's I mean it had to be there it had to be there
0: but did it have it had, to be so telegraphed that's the point for me yeah I mean it, it it's telegraphed it it it
1: it comes out of it kind of comes out of nowhere at the it same really time
0: it really does it really I, really does
1: I was I was waiting for it you knew it's going to yeah. happen Oh, I, I, I know that guy as well because, you know, we, when I was watching this film, I was thinking about um, my own friends who've had alcohol issues. I've, I've, I've got Tommy's in my life. I've been to their house. I've cleaned up everything. I've tried to get them to eat food. You can't stop Tommy. <laughs> you can't stop Tommy. That's the lesson. Tommy will do what Tommy wants to do. Yeah. Um, and this film is very clear eyed in how it looks at drinking. Drinking and life are wonderful and painful um that's a thesis statement there are no easy answers yeah this was a big hit for me i don't know if it's going to win but i really enjoyed it
0: i also really enjoyed it uh that i want to make that quite clear mm. um it's better than the commune the commune was a good film mm-hmm. uh didn't really extrapolate into much outside of the actual characters in the commune but again that itself was fine it was more about um what it was actually like being in Denmark in the 80s about living in a commune where this would happen and that would happen fine Mm. Mm. it's clearly not as good as The Hunt because The Hunt was actually perfection Mm -hmm. so it's like and and it was ultra nuanced ultra 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 nuanced like sickeningly nuanced to the point where it is actually my favourite Danish film ever so it's like nothing would compete with that and I I definitely definitively put that to one side and thought well I'm not even going to look it through that lens what have we got here well while i seem to be seeing every single review on every single episode this year this film was split into three halves yeah so three chapters So three <laughs> chapters first chapter as you said exploration of the 0.5 concept setting the rules which included not drinking after 8 p.m a yeah. little bit of character stuff here and there not too much that was the first chapter i liked how it set the table in the first chapter yeah Second chapter then begins to look at increasing that not point five more towards one percent of drink uh, of blood of blood level alcohol, I should say and uh, to a level in, and not only that but also each character had their own level and that yeah. was the point to test, so some of them did like one some of them did just under one some of them did just after one yeah, and that 's when we start to see the positive side of the alcohol that 's when we get to watch these fantastic scenes in classrooms yeah you've got you 've got gym classes. We on oh, by the way, that is criticism, Thomas Bo Larson as a gym teacher yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah. appropriate <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I know he ran around a lot in feston, but I'm not having him as a gym teacher i'm not I'm sorry, I'm not he just doesn't look like it but anyway, still entertaining scenes and we love I, the,
1: we love the stuff with
0: specs specs uh, to a point we'll come on to, we'll come on to specs <laughs> later. Um, music scenes, love the music scenes, love the music lessons, the singing was amazing, love the, the Danish thing. songs, all that stuff stirred the Danish in me that I haven't got, but I still have it for, for their movies anyway. Oh my goodness, the second chapter was absolutely spot on. Mm. It was perfect. The positivity about it, how it went about it, and mm. and, and Mads Mikkelsen in full flow, just yeah. Great. Great, yeah. great. Great, great, great. Love the but second you, part of this
1: film. But you knew that third chapter was coming.
0: What I didn't know was coming. Well, first of all, you know what's coming in terms of the third chapter is the excess. It's the overindulgence. It's the hell for, hell for tongs. Sod this. Let's yeah. go full on binging style. Yeah. Lots of enjoyment to be had. People falling around supermarkets is always funny. Hmm. Mad Mickelson staring at something from a freezer section and doing nothing but staring at something from a freezer section is hilarious. Yeah. Um, fresh cod being available for every month with an R in it. Hilarious. So many wonderful moments, even during this horrific chapter.
1: I, I got very wrapped up in the, the fresh card. I was really like, Fresh please, card
0: was great. Fresh card forget, was.
1: Don't forget the fresh card.
0: The music, the, the music when, when a certain drink is being made. And there's, the, every drink has a relevance because one of the guys is particularly interested in, obviously, the Norwegian psychiatrist Finn Skaderwood, whose 0.5% theory is what this film's based on. But there's lots of other little references throughout. I think Hemingway is mentioned at some point. Hemingway is or... mentioned a lot. Yeah. The, eight, the No
1: Drinking After 8 p.m. is a Hemingway ref.
0: Yeah. There's loads of other people that I forgot uh, all the way throughout this film. It's an intellectual exercise from him on that. Yeah. So all of that stuff's kind of going on. All very nice. But part three is also the weakest part for me by a massive, massive dis- distance, an absolutely yeah. enormous distance. And that's because of the relationship between Mads Mickelson and his wife. As much as it shouldn't have demised suddenly as it did in chapter one, mm. um, it's even worse in chapter three. Because mm. then a reveal happens, and I don't know about you, but I couldn't live with his wife anymore. No. no I found I mean... her deplorable. I found her revolting. I found it's, her it's... disgusting. And it's, I cannot it's... believe she legitimately thought that the entire Problem with a marriage was him.
1: Well, and and that comes out of nowhere as well. It does. It's, it's a very it's a very sudden change. It, it feels to me like the these these are the changes that are, were a result of the kind of like repositioning they had to do after Ida Winterberg passed away. Um, the you know the, these are new elements that were dropped in that were perhaps not quite so solid. I'm 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 guessing here. Um, I'm being kind as well. Yeah. I, do... I mean the as thing much... is
0: it's as you said it's not a spoiler from the very first moments you think this is a bit off this
1: this is yeah th- th- this is going to go wrong everything's going to go wrong but it was
0: absolutely fine for her to work all the hours of got sense and it was fine for her not to be bothered about a canoe trip yep and then when the canoe trip was booked for mads mickelson martin
1: his <laughs> <laughs> i believe his name is mads mickelson i know
0: movie. yeah he's... He's such a beautiful man with the cheekbones. I just forget (laughs) what his name is apart from Mads Mickelson. Love him to bits. But, uh, and that's fine. But, um, and then for her to cause a stink, oh, why are we doing this canoe trip for? Like, you can see that he was aware of his own issues and he was Mm -hmm. trying to fix things. Yep. Not reciprocated, really, until a horribly, horrible moment towards the end. Um, And I really, really hated those final moments, really, honestly. That may sound sacrilegious. No, no, uh, no. no, te- no. Te- the the texts that happen. Oh, it was awful, awful see, for me.
1: I like the up in the airness of it. I like the lack of closure. It could go either way, um, and I like the fact that we finally get to see Mads Mickelson dancing. And Lost the only sport. reason
0: that was there, yeah. by the way, was because it was actually um, one of the final things that Ida Winterberg said to Thomas. Was yeah. I can't wait to see Mads dance? Yeah, because obviously a- I think obviously there were at that point everyone was a bit oh, do we really want to end on this kind of note with what's happened? Yeah. Um, but then Thomas, Thomas literally showed the letter that I did written to Thomas to Mads. And Mads oh. was like, okay, oh. I'll, do it, I'll do it myself. Just get me a choreographer. I'll do the rest. Because he, he's,
1: he's a trained ballet dancer. He's a
0: trained ballet dancer in real life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it wasn't that much of a stretch, but he still obviously needed a little bit of a help. But he did everything himself. Yeah. Um, that scene itself is the Oscar moment
1: yeah yeah it's really good i think that's
0: probably i think that's probably the moment that people if they haven't seen the film they know that scene but it's probably done around a little bit here and there it's definitely going to be the one on the ceremony if anyone's sad enough to watch the ceremony that's not not...
1: it's not going to be the supermarket bit that's for sure
0: it should be (laughs) (laughs) not even the bit not even the frozen carpet just mad staring at something from the freezer section just that guy Um, over backwards just just amazing um it just felt a little bit out of place for me, that bit at the end. It felt almost Bollywoody. Yes, I can see that. Yes. Um,
1: it's a well, film about life.
0: Positive. Yeah, right.
1: I think I, Thomas Vinterberg said that this is a man who doesn't know whether he wants to fly or to drown, something like that.
0: Hence the final shot, yeah. Yeah. Get all that. Um, yeah. my, final, my, my final thing I really want to be saying is that I also appreciate that Andrew Paul's in this movie. I don't know how many andropause movies exist, but this is one of them. Like, it, it's important. Like, it happens to some men. Yes. Like, the andropause is a hell of a bad thing. Yeah. Like, a lack of libido, a lack of appetite, a lack of motivation, a lack of yeah. lust, a lack of everything you want to call it. Yes. This yeah, is yeah. an andropause movie. As much yeah. as it's about life, it's also about things that take away life. One of them is alcohol, and the other one is without question the andropause. Yeah. So... And Thomas, I think, is getting towards that age himself. Bless him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's fifty-one now, I think.
0: Yeah, oh bloody! He's well and truly in the andropause. Here. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. The, the, again, this is like I was saying before. This, this is an, an experience. This is a shared experience that a lot of people have. It's not, again, it's not the stabbing, big pain of no. like national tragedy, but it's it's the very small. It's the the bulk of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Um, it's an important story to shine a light on for a second. I'm not sure if 2021 is the year that it's going to be celebrated, but th- so, this.
0: So to that point, then should we should we have a, a very brief chat before we end? On yes. What we actually think? I mean, I think we've made clear what we want to happen. My second pick for the Oscar, personal favourite, is this one. Clearly.
1: Okay. So okay.
0: therefore, if I don't get my Better Days victory, yeah, I um, want this to win, and I okay. can live with that. to be quite quite frank i can live with a war film winning as well i i I, I can't see it but i can i can live with it i I can you know
1: i'd be very surprised if better days won just because of i don't i don't know just because of how kind of like pumped up it is um but
0: uh but bullying the oscars
1: oh, oh god sorry i keep forgetting this is why i can't predict a goddamn winner um for me it's I'm I'm flipping a coin between another round and Quo Vadis, Ida, and I think that another round is of the five films. I think probably the the best made film. Um, it was the biggest surprise for me. And going into it, I thought I don't know how I'm going to feel about this film at all. Um, Quo Vadis, Ida, I think shines a light on uh, something which is very important. Um, it, school bullying is important, Ben um, the, the Health systems are important um, People selling their skin Are important, not so much um, But, I, <laughs> but, I, but I, I feel like This Rabenica story Is an important story um, and, and just based on that And the human aspect of the film For me it's between Another round and Cuervado Saida. Tough calls I wouldn't like to be the person Opening the envelope on the night <laughs>
0: Indeed, reading out the man <laughs> who sold his skin. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, year, my man who sold his skin every Oscar. Come on up, guys. We we don't do that over here. Well, no. Uh, I, and actually, we are in a attacking China mood, aren't we? Not not us as people necessarily, but as countries, that's what we do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'd be stunned if Better Days doesn't win for that reason. Get away. I really, really think it's going to do it for that reason. I think they are going to do it.
1: Sportsman's bet. I will, However. Give pound coin over the internet if you're there. However.
0: Yeah. However. Another round. Because yeah. white middle class men give the win to a white middle class men film?
1: It's happened before.
0: It happens every year. <laughs> in other categories. Namely the main one, the acting male one. Um, maybe the director one as well. But what about the fact that this has now got emotional connection to it as well? That's yeah. in its favour. Yes. What the ba- about the fact we've just all come out of a lockdown where most people, including the Academy members, would have spent most of it drinking themselves? Yes. And then
1: there's the story of the of of the making of another round, which just adds I know that you don't you don't look at the 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 circumstances behind a film's production. It means something. But it means
0: something. And we, have, we, can't, we cannot forget that Thomas is up for the director. Yeah. And it's extremely rare that anyone gets nominated for multiple things and they don't win something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you either give it to him as a result of what, what he's been through and for him, putting together, for, for, him, for him putting together a finalist film through a traumatic moment or, or yeah. 78 million. You give it that to him or you give it the film to him. One of them has to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Has to. Just yeah. like with Collective, it's either going to be this, can't imagine it for a second yeah. it will be, no, it's exactly. going to be this, or it's going to be the documentary. Otherwise, the why doctor. would you bother? Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. The clue, yeah. and the clue would be, well, hang on a minute, it is a documentary, and we loved it so much it got nominated twice. Therefore, that would mean Collective is very clearly, in inverted commas, the best documentary this year. Yeah. But do we love it more than films? And that's where <laughs> it would lose considerable gap i think between that.
1: we we, we love it more than something heartfelt (laughs) something that teaches us what it's about to be alive and to lose people and to lose yourself i don't know
0: so there's your predictions (laughs) as as i don't know if any of that made made sense it it seemed like it did to me um i i I mean yeah i I will go with covadas for ada as my third favorite so you're essentially looking at um, I mean, I dread that Better Days will not be your third favourite. So um,
1: I, I I've got to go. No, Better Days is my third favourite. right. Out, out of this group.
0: Nice news for people. The winner will be either Better Days, another round, or Cuadradesider. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I would, I would, I would. Never mind the bet. That's a fact. <laughs> that is confirmed. Um, Which one of those three? Well, obviously, time will tell in just a few days. Thank you, very much, thank you very much, Mister Ben, for your company. Uh, welcome. Always a pleasure. I'd love to say it was a huge pleasure, but a lot of these films sucked. Uh, another... <laughs> I got
1: something out of all of them. It, uh, it,
0: uh, yeah, it, I, I wish. It. I wish. That very rarely happens, to be fair. But anyway, we're done. We're done with it. Normal service will thankfully resume, and that means me and Ben hopping onto a plane <gasps> <laughs> and going to festivals again. So uh, we'll be back at the end of May to uh, revisit Cine Latino Toulouse. Oh, yeah. Enjoy the Oscars if you care about them, and we'll speak to you then. Goodbye.